Yeah. Being, I mean, you just have to be around people who are better than you. Like, I think when the times that I've trained the best were when there was other people who were pushing me, who were better than me. And like, obviously I can look at you and I do like, see what you're lifting. And then I'll try to go in and one kilo you on uh, the complexes and stuff like that. But I think it's different when you have people in person too. Like when you're actually watching somebody every day and somebody's consistently snatching more than you, cleaning, drinking more than you, you want to put an extra kilo on the bar, extra two kilos. This is the Power Now Podcast. I am your host, Corey Eugene O'Connor. In this podcast, we talk about what is power or not. Power or not is a term used in Olympic weightlifting to describe a power snatch or a power clean. If you catch it above the hips, then it's called power. If it's caught below, then it's called nah or a full lift. So in this podcast, we talk about that gray area, what is in between or what is that topic of discussion. And so hope you guys enjoy it. If you guys are driving a long commute to work, you guys are drinking a coffee in the morning, just want something in the background as you do stuff to sit down and enjoy and let's get cracking welcome back to the episode of powered off podcast i'm your host Corey yuji today we have a special guest his name is angelo kelly he's a 67 kilo weightlifter for bear barbell he is a double black belt in jiu-jitsu <laughs> <laughs> and he is a gold medalist at hiking at pike's peak how you doing angelo wow that was awesome that was good you practice that too yeah, I do. I think I know. <laughs> do you have it written down? Seriously? Uh-uh. Okay. I really That's don't. Pre- it's pretty impressive. Appreciate it. Pretty impressive. I just say fuck the intros. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. Too much well, not, pressure. Well, I'm not going to lie. Like your intros that you do like pre-recorded, like after the fact is always nice. Cause kind of like gives you like a prep, or, like a little intro and then like it warms up and then it'll flow right into it. And then um, whatever you do for your intro with like people's voices and stuff like Jake the Snake and Daniel Gunnan and some other people that I don't really know, but it's hype. I always get excited and it's consistent. And then like the the music will like pan. I just thought it was really cool. It's creative. I haven't figured that out yet, though. It's funny because uh, like with with that, I did it like two years ago and just yeah. haven't paid it and i always like if i listen to a podcast i just fast forward the intro right away oh, so I'm, i i spent probably five hours doing that thing and then i'm like do people even listen to the intro i don't think it, i'd say it's probably like 50 50 but i'm uh, glad you do listen to it <laughs> yeah i'm a nerd and like it reminds me like watching like you know like a tv show or like an you know cart you know anime for me like i get hyped before like the actual <laughs> show starts like a little kid but yeah, man, uh, how's things been, dude? How are you still settling into uh, Colorado or what? What's going on? Yeah, we're actually we're getting ready to head out of here in November, so we're gonna train uh, Bear for finals. Oh. So we'll be down there November to February probably, and then uh, probably head back up north. So little stop in Texas, little stop in Colorado, just kind of see where we end up. Okay, so like I I was listening to the other podcast previously about like you guys plan on moving and kind of like figuring out where you are. So that's that wasn't like your actual like final destination was Colorado. You guys are still having the option to kind of feel things out throughout the country. That Colorado was the first plan, and we knew like we were gonna get out of here uh, pretty quick. So we we ended up extending. I think we were gonna stay here till like September originally, and then we extended till November. So. I think we'll be here like a total of four months. So it's like a, it's enough time to get to know the area where you don't need a GPS to get to the grocery store or anything like that. But at the same time, 
it's like not enough time to really get to know people and like make a ton of friends. So I think it's just like a learning experience for us. Like we'll figure out what spots we want to stay longer, what spots we want to just hit for two months and then, and then find a new one. So yeah, that's the plan. The The plan is no plan. Um, okay. At this point. Yeah. Dang dude. Well, like I'm jealous because not a lot of people have those options, man. Like that's just cool that you're able to do those things. Yeah, it's definitely, I think we're lucky to be able to do it. Um, you know, don't have kids or anything like that. So I didn't want to get to the point where I'm like 30, 35 years old and didn't do anything. You know, you're stuck in the same spot. You're, you go to the same gym, you go to the same job every day. And I don't know, I'd rather like, and we can always go back. That, that was like what I always told Dana. Like if we don't like it, we can always come home. It's not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Have you found it difficult to like make friends knowing that like, Hey, I might leave soon or like things like that. Or yeah. How is that for you? I don't know. I mean, I'm not good at making friends, I think at this point, <laughs> but like the, obviously the gym is somewhere where you're going to be pretty frequently. We actually, we went to a CrossFit, we tried a couple different CrossFit gyms out just to kind of meet people that way. Cause weightlifting gyms, like the schedule is always different. So you might go there and nobody's there. So Oh yeah. I think it's a little bit easier to talk to people at CrossFit, but at the same time, the gym we're at, like the workouts are always really hard. So we don't want to go and be wrecked and then not be able to train the next couple of days. Yeah. Nice. So you guys are doing CrossFit too, or we've done two classes, three classes, maybe, but we bought a punch card, but now I'm like, I'm just going to go there and lift. Cause they have like, they have decent equipment. They have like one set of rogue bumpers. So I'm like, I can always go there and lift when, uh, it's like five minutes from our house. Oh, that's great. Location's great. I bet you just the, well, CrossFit, like I said, does a really good job with just like community and just a way more, they're more friendly. It's a lot easier to make friends versus weightlifting. I don't know why I always say that, but I don't know. It's just, it's a little different. I think that's, um, like during the intro or how people get in is a very social environment. Do you think like the environment like outweighs like the weightlifting stuff? Cause I mean, obviously you have like, you know, a lot of weightlifting options in Colorado. I mean, I think CrossFit, it's just easier just because like you have the warm up with people, you like everything you're kind of doing, you're always doing the same thing as everybody else. It might not be the same weight, but like you're doing the same workout. So I think it's easier to build a little bit of camaraderie where weightlifting, nobody's doing the same program unless they're like on the team program at that gym. But obviously I'm not going to be on that. So I don't know. I think it, it just kind of depend. Like I take my training seriously. So when I'm at the weightlifting gym, like I'm not goofing around, I'm not talking to people that much. And maybe that comes off as me being a dick, but I hope it doesn't. But like at the same time I'm there to train and we don't have all day to sit in the gym for three and a half, four hours to get my program done and talk to people in between. So it's like, do my set, sit down, clear my head, and then just try to go again. So I think that part makes it a little bit more tough than where CrossFit I'm in there. Like, I don't really care what my time is. I'm not looking at the leaderboard or whatever. I'm just like, I'm going to go in do some cardio and then leave. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, so like was uh CrossFit, like something that your, your background, like you started out before weightlifting or how did you even start like lifting in general? Cause I feel like 
have you even been on a podcast that you talked about like your origin story or anything like that background or no? Probably not of weightlifting. I played baseball growing up. That was like my main thing. I always played baseball up until um, after college. And then I got into CrossFit during college. And it was it was always funny because like we had a strength coach at school and he did like baseball specific programs. And then I was also doing CrossFit. So like a lot of times I would be doing cleans or or squats and then also go into our baseball training and do squats and like do the same stuff essentially. But I would always like double up and I just always loved training. So I got into CrossFit in 2008, 2017, maybe. And then, uh, 2018, I did the open realized I sucked and then went over to uh, weightlifting that year. Dang, that's funny because the timeline kind of matches up. I think my first uh, CrossFit I tried like in my gym that I worked at was like 17.1 with the dumbbell snatches and the burpee, okay. whatever. And then I think I actually signed up for the Open in 2018. And then shortly after, I did join <laughs> weightlifting. <laughs> that's pretty funny. You look Honestly, you look like a baseball player. Like, Would you play second base, outfield, center? Outfield. Yeah, yeah. me too. I played baseball too. I played center. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that was my, actually, it was weird because I played baseball and soccer, but I was better at uh, baseball, but I like soccer more. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm sure you're way better than me. I'm not that good. (laughs) It's all good. So yeah, dude. So yeah, I did. I have no idea that um, I kind of figured you played sports just because you seem like an athlete and you keep up with like sports in general. And then um, as far as CrossFit, I honestly didn't know. I know you always kind of talked about it. Like, hey, did you watch this? Or because you still kind of keep up with it. And so I wasn't too sure. Uh, what do you think about the um, games being in uh, Fort Worth, Texas now? That's pretty cool. I did, is it just like they're doing one stadium? I don't know, I don't where, know. where the stadium is. It's Fort Worth, but like, is what's the home of it? So I, I feel like, okay, I mean, obviously they call it like Dallas Fort Worth. So Fort Worth is like, slightly on the outskirts of Dallas. So I bet you they have a whole bunch of land. I'm assuming that they're going to have like the arena thing, right? Kind of like the Coliseum that they have over, you know, in Madison. And then they're going to have a whole bunch of outdoor stuff. I bet you there's plenty of land. Like Texas is big. Fort Worth is pretty like, you know, spread out and stuff. So I think it's going to attract like a ton of people to come out there. And I'm like, I'm not a CrossFit. I don't really follow too much anymore. I should, but kind of miss watching a little bit, but I think it's good for CrossFit for sure. Yeah, I think they do such a good job of like making the stories and there's a bunch of podcasts off the CrossFit athletes. So you kind of get to know them as people and then watching their training. I mean, I'm not as far as like watching people do the 300, what is like 300 calories on the assault runner? Like, I'm not going to really be interested in that. But I do think like some of the events are pretty cool to watch. I don't know. It's it's like cool, but it's not I'm not sitting there glued to the TV during the games. But like when Worlds was on, I was watching like every session that they had commentary. Yeah. Yeah. I I, it, I mean, I think it boils down to like being more relatable. Of course, like we're watching like we're glued into watching people do two lifts all fucking day. And then like uh, I'm sure CrossFitters are like they could feel, literally feel mm. what the other person's going through on that, you know, 90 calories on the assault bike, you know, shaking your head and doing all this stuff. And then like they go, like, oh, I remember when I did a wad like that. Or sometimes people will do actual events that they do at the games just to kind of actually live through it. 
So I think that's more kind of cool, like like how they can relate to that. But for me, I'm just like, ah, that looks that looks hard. That looks tiring. Okay. And then like obviously since our eyes are so glued to like, you know, good technique or just weightlifting technique because weightlifting technique costs, they're totally different. So sometimes you can't judge. But I think our weightlifting mind would be like, oh, why are you doing that? But at the same time, it's like, dude, they just ran a whole mile. And then this dude just went straight from running a mile, snatching over 300 pounds cold, which honestly I think is like crazy impressive. I don't know. I just think that's insane. But yeah, I think that's probably why how we view things now. You're probably just more weightlifted mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I even like the comparison thing where people have like this mindset of CrossFit versus weightlifting crossfit's amazing for weightlifting like we're maybe we're not doing the same thing but because the the thing's always like if you look at the people who are winning nationals or winning worlds the weights that they're lifting is way more than crossfit at that body weight but it's like it's not even a comparison because you're you're training for three months peaking for two lifts versus these people who are just they're not peaked for anything like they're peaked for everything at the same time, like swimming, running, biking, and then they have to do max lifts. So it's like, I think it's a disservice when people make the comparison like, Oh, weightlifters are so much stronger. Like they're so much stronger at two things, but put a weightlifter on any, like any assault runner or bike or whatever. And they're going to die. Yeah. It's like, it's like how like um, CrossFit games athletes have like specialists like, oh, you got Guillermo's going to do. Oh, he's going to kill it. Like, yeah, of course, that's what he's good at. Like, why don't you get him to do something else? And then like, I feel like that's kind of the comparison to like weightlifting and CrossFit. But it's like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of weird, too, because like it's like, I can't even imagine how many different like energy systems and what they have to train for and just some weird shit, you know, rope climbing, pegboard stuff like. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, for me, yeah, it's just impressive because, like, how can a human being be good at all those things? Well, not really, like, the best, but, like, above average than any other human being at all those damn things. I mean, and it, lift, it's even you know, more than above average. Like, yeah. they're running, what, five and a half minute miles, deadlifting 500 pounds. So, like, they're still on the top 1% of everything. Like, the, yeah. the people who are specialists at the games are still better than everybody else at almost everything (laughs) it's pretty nuts yeah like i think you gotta be a little insane for crossfit and i think honestly if they took like um i wonder yeah i wonder how like they could scale like the competitiveness of like you know olympics for weightlifting versus like crossfit games like how hard is the pool and the competitiveness because like obviously at like the national level i mean let's be honest with the with american weightlifting it's not like super competitive compared to like CrossFit. I feel like if I had to compare like what how good I am right now in weightlifting versus CrossFit, like I'll probably be like a, maybe a sanctional. Maybe. You know what I mean? And that's a big maybe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, like it's just it's just tough. And I got nothing but respect for it, but I, I just I just know I couldn't do it for sure. No, yeah, me either. Me either. <laughs> So like you plan on moving to, um, you know, Texas for a few months, prepping for finals. So what's that going to look like? Um, I don't know. The plan was just to show up at the gym and hopefully they'll let us in. 
(laughs) Of course you will. Of course you will. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, we just don't, don't have much of a plan. Like, um, yeah, I don't, I wish I had like a, this grand plan, how I was going to peak for finals, but like, we're going to move, we're going to drive, you know, 15 hours to get there. And it's not going to be easy. We got to move all our shit, pack up. Our dog takes a while to adjust. So just it's like life (laughs) at this point at this point we just yeah yeah i'll just say it's gonna come quick man because i think like if you said november and finals is usually like right beginning of december you can probably get like by the time you get settled in you're probably gonna get like one cycle in before yeah three weeks probably yeah and um are you a little nervous or like is it the first time that you've been to like HQ or headquarters there in San Antonio? Yeah, I haven't been there yet. And the cool thing uh, is the uh I'll be there the week the week before or the week of the winter camp. Oh, okay. So if I plan on going, then you'll be there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I just, <laughs> freaking it's expensive. Everything's always expensive. I know um we probably have like a like a um, What's it called? I think it's like Veterans Day. Veterans Day is like in November. I think she put it in that weekend on purpose because we got a ton of military deeds. But so likely I could. And um, yeah, do you think it's going to be overwhelming? Like, Well, you're probably used to lifting with a lot of people because I'm sure at Pinnacle it gets busy at certain times, right? Yeah, but not like not that level. 60 people, 70 people. So I don't know. I haven't been around that. Dude, it's gonna be, uh, yeah, you're gonna be like, oh shit, it's gonna be definitely like a, like a, yeah, a shock, but I feel like it'll be a good thing because like you're gonna be way more motivated, like you know that accountability there, and I think just the environment, like you're gonna have a blast for sure. Yeah, being, I mean, you just have to be around people who are better than you. Like I think when the times that I've trained the best were when there was other people who were pushing me, who were better than me. And like, obviously I can look at you and I do like, see what you're lifting. And then I'll try to go in and one kilo you on, uh, the complexes and stuff like that. But I think it's different when you have people in person too, like when you're actually watching somebody every day and somebody's consistently snatching more than you clean and drinking more than you, you want to put an extra kilo on the bar, extra two kilos. Yeah. I always feel like, um, just having that like not really competition but I, there's actually a science behind that like with group training or group classes or group fitness in general it's like your natural ability to want to like do things at a higher level because somebody else is doing it too and it's not even being like comparing I don't know it's uh I, I wish I knew more about it but someone mentioned it in like grad school and stuff at the sports psychology of things and I thought it was very interesting that like it's affected because this isn't that. And then like, I don't know what it is. Like just seeing people moving around and like on like subconsciously, like you will try harder because other people are around you doing the same shit. Yeah. I could believe that. Yeah. 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 So it's a, uh, yeah, you'll definitely like, you're just going to thrive off of that. Plus like they're not just strangers too. Like I'm like at pinnacle, like, I mean, not saying like names or not like saying gym names. I was just thinking about, you know, like a weightlifting gym in yeah. Colorado. <laughs> Like, you know, you're not like, oh, like, I don't really know them. I'm just here doing my own thing, you know, kind of like a drop in really, where sometimes like even that's not really a push because you just like doing your own thing. But like, yeah, having a cycle, you're going to see a whole bunch of people at your level or higher lifting, prepping for finals, doing the same thing that you're doing. And you have an on-site coach who's going to watch you. 
Yeah. Even, I mean, being at Pinnacle, like right before nationals too, like you saw a lot of people who were planning on competing. So just watching everybody taper. And I think like the last week before the competition is when everybody looks the best, like the weights are moving good. Everybody's strong. So you're watching people at their best. And I think like that's really motivating being around people like that, even being in the training hall, even if some people are going lighter, but you're watching people who you're like, wow, they have really good technique. I really enjoy watching them. And then you want to like, you're thinking, what can I do a little bit better? Yeah. Yeah. I bet that was pretty cool to see that, especially since like, you know, that's a pretty exciting time for nationals. I'm, I'm pretty sure like it's kind of like stressful a little bit too. Cause like, that's like the big meat of the year for, you know, most people at like, cause that's the highest out of like American open, you got finals and then you have nationals. And I'm just reiterating in case like, you know, people are listening and have no idea what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like at the same time, I mean, for me, like I'm in that, I get, I say like, I have no problem saying I'm an average weightlifter. Like I'm in the middle of the pack. I'm going to nationals, but I just hit the qualifying total to get there. Bro, if I had to look you up on like, uh, whatever, I think you're in like the twenties. Okay. That's pretty good. Last time I checked. But like we're saying with CrossFit, like being <laughs> being in the top 20 in American weightlifting does not mean much. Like, I mean, I, I, mean, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but no, I get, what I get what you're saying. Like you have standards for yourself and like the numbers that like people are doing at the high level. It's like, even if you compare yourself to the Olympics, like I'm nowhere near like the Olympic qualifying total, you know, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like if if you go to nationals and, and you're not in com- contention to get a medal or anything like you're Mm. only going to lift what you're going to lift so yeah exactly i didn't really go into it nervous like thinking oh this is my first nationals i just thought like i'm going to lift whatever numbers i'm going to lift i'm going to have fun and be around a bunch of weightlifters who are really good and like it's impressive we watched the 73a session with uh travis cooper and matthew mccullough and they were going back and forth and yeah i mean that's a whole nother conversation how hard it is to qualify for national says 73. Cause it's like, it's gotta be the toughest weight class like total wise, but I don't know. I it was just watching them and like thinking, I, I mean, I'm nowhere near that. I'm not, not going to compete with those guys, but I think who knows, like you do the sport for that long. Travis Cooper has been doing it forever. Yeah, exactly. Like he's a he's a black belt in weightlifting. He has mastered the <laughs> technique. So like it's just super impressive to be around. Like I wasn't nervous to be there. I was more just like excited to watch everybody lift. Yeah, I mean, weren't you in the same session with Mario and Hampton? No. I watched no? it. I was sitting oh, you in watched the it? Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know how that uh that all weighed out because how many sessions do they have curious for like 67s and nationals? So they were in juniors. They were junior nationals, Mario oh, and Hampton. Okay. But for just senior nationals, there was two. So I was in the B session. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is cool just to be at the national uh, level. And like, did you like the venue there? I know we keep talking about like it, like it just happened, but I, I keep mentioning, I don't think we really talked about it too much. It was pretty cool. The The yeah. actual venue, the hockey yeah. arena. Like it was, yeah. I thought it was good. It was really funny. My, uh, my dad came out to watch and he was sitting. So the, 
the penalty box was in the middle. So like that, the white platform, you couldn't sit directly in the line of sight of the lifters, but the other two were like down low where the glass was. And my dad was sitting like literally three rows up directly in front of me. And I told, <laughs> I told Dana, I was like, you got to tell him to go move. Like I, cause <laughs> I came out for the introductions and he's just sitting right there. I was like, no offense. You just got to move up, move up and to the right. Cause I no can't way. just stare right at you. That's hilarious, bro. That's so funny to me because, like, you know, he's just a proud dad. He's like, man, I traveled here to want to see my son compete. I'm going to get the best seat possible. You're like, no, move, dad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. So, like, um, the the lighting in there kind of just seemed, like, you know, super bright because, like, a hockey arena. Like, I know, like, the national meets mostly have, like, the lights on the side. Do they still have those, like, that's shining on to the platform? I think so. Can't remember. Yeah, I can't, I so? can't really remember, but yeah. I think it was just set up like any other. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, like the venue was just optimized for like a viewer experience. So, but I don't know if USA weightlifting intentionally set any of that up or if that's just like how the hockey arena was. Yeah. I think the one in Canada was like kind of like a multi-purpose room and it was like, you can't have like a hockey thing and stuff like that. If I can remember um the jumbotron with the with all the the platforms like the scorecard that was clever like how they were able to do that i i didn't know i never seen that before that was pretty cool yeah they had it at nationals but they they kept they would have all the platforms on like one side of the jumbotron so every side had all the platforms so you couldn't oh. so you couldn't really tell like who was actually lifting because you were like squinting, like what is this? You yeah, because somebody would be lifting a hundred kilos, and then on the board it would say like seventy nine, and it'd be a completely different session. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if, if they couldn't program the actual jumbotron. Who knows all the behind the scenes stuff? Yeah, exactly. Well, that kind of stinks. As far as like your like focal point, like sometimes when like, you black out, sometimes you can't see much. But obviously, when you said when you walked out for introductions, you could see directly. So how was it like? Try to paint us a picture. If you're like on the platform, how did it look like looking out? So, I mean, it, it's funny because like you think when you go to nationals that it's going to be like this prideful event and like everybody's going to be there. You look out and it's just like an empty arena. There's 15 people in the crowd watching. So, I mean, you're just, it was like, you see the judges and then right over is just empty seats. It's like a million empty seats. There's like 12 people's dads watching in the stands and a couple grandmas. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's like, all right, that's cool with me, man. <laughs> and and I, you know, it's really funny to me too, is like, you don't really see too many spectators like today's age for like the world, like even like, well, even the Olympics, obviously I think COVID stuff, but like, even like, yeah, the world's this year, like you look out and like, it's like, oh, it's in a hockey arena too. And then like, there's not many people in the stands. I think the most things that we saw lately was the world's last year with Columbia. They yeah. go deep. You saw that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that made it exciting too, I'm sure. Yeah. And don't you miss like the uh, old like vintage vi videos of like the Olympics or like remember even like Ilya like hitting that world record clean and jerk and he's looking around and then they show a view like on the back end and then the crowd is full. They're jumping up. It doesn't matter what country. They're standing up, clapping their hands like. I'm like, damn, that's cool. Like, I would get, like, goosebumps type shit because, like, that's crazy. But, 
You don't see that. You don't see that at all. It's all internet. I mean, could maybe because you could stream it. They don't have to physically be in person. But I just wish that um, weightlifting needs to work on their spectator stuff for sure. Yeah, but not I don't just know. Wait, not just USAW, but like as a you know whole. But do you think they should make like the? Because how many people are going to walk into a hockey arena and be like, "Oh, USA Weightlifting Nationals is going on. Let me go watch that. I'm curious." But like, if you, if you're in the city and you walk by a basketball game, you would go watch that. So I don't know. I think it probably be it probably help them more to make the live stream better, like to actually put commentary on that. Because, like in my opinion, there's a lot of weightlifters. Say you can't go to California, you just did AO two. If you can't go, you want to watch, and I mean watching the session when. I hate to criticize USA weightlifting all the time, but it's like they do, they make it very easy to do so. I don't know if you, if you could hear this from the actual venue, but like the announcers who would say the weight on the bar, the loaders clearly didn't know what they were doing. And you're not going to, you're not going to be able to find a bunch of volunteers who know how to load a weightlifting meet, especially like depending on what area you're in. But the announcers were freaking out at the loaders saying loaders, loaders loaders and they were like super rude and disrespectful so watching that on the live stream if i was not a weightlifting fan but i knew you and knew you were competing i'd be like this sport is like they're really rude to these people yeah no it's it's kind of embarrassing and i could bring it back to what we did in ao2 back in albuquerque in 2021 first of all like the snatch session didn't even have audio Cause my parents like were so clueless, and that was the first national meet I done. I was like, "What's going on, Corey? We can't hear the sound." I was like, "I don't know. I'm competing. I'm in the back, whatever." And then like then it goes into the cleaning jerks, and I specifically remember, and I don't even care. If I'm putting this out there because they should know about this. I was like, I was going for my cleaning jerk. This is my first one, and this dude was like just having a side conversation in the middle of my attempt. Did you I'm hear like, him when on. you were on the platform? Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't hear him when I was on the platform. No, okay. you know, you're just zoned out. But like I, when I wa- went back and watched the uh, the live stream, I'm like, what the hell? I think one of my friends, Gabby, um, she like posted something. is like, I wish the commentators wouldn't be talking while he's lifting. Like just like a side conversation. I don't know. He probably forgot that it was on. It was an honest mistake, but it could be better. And then I'm comparing to, um, did you do you follow like powerlifting at all? Or that's like a totally different world. No, I but I, I saw people put, I saw uh, Joey Mandarino post about him, the powerlifting, <laughs> and said the viewer experience is much better. Yeah, but I didn't see anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout out to trainers. Hate him, Joey. He's cool. Uh, like he's another 73 in Milwaukee. Um, I think right now he's just taking a break and doing like CrossFit. Um, but yeah, no, so he mentioned it. And one of my best, uh, I'm in a powerlifting gym at Indy City Barbell, and we had like multiple athletes go there, and they're pretty damn good at a national level so they basically had their nationals there in memphis like usapl that's the drug tested one so that's the ones that people aren't taking stuff and then um you know as far as we know i'm (laughs) I'm joking i'm joking but like uh yeah so usapl uh drug tested raw nationals that's called raw nats it's in it was in memphis and the production level was just insane. They had commentators who did research on these athletes, and they would talk about, oh, just blah, blah, blah. They had a guy with a camera, like, following them around, like, before they walk on and off and stuff like that. Like, it was really cool. And then um, just the the way that the attempts were shown, how everything was, the lighting, 
they could just do so much more. And I remember uh, my friend Matt. He was he coached one of his uh, friends. Basically, he, like his friend does like his own powerlifting stuff, but he just has like a you know like a meet coach and stuff like that. So my friend Matt drove down there to Memphis, and he's like, dude, it was crazy how like different it was and how easy it could be too, because you could even do Zoom or Twitch live sessions. Like I think Twitch, you could do more edits and stuff with like live, and you see it at local meets too. Like random local meets, powerlifting meets are just like way more just like crispy, I guess. It's just I don't know. I just wish that uh, weightlifting could do it. But I think uh, I think it just takes a couple people like on the board or people who work for USA Weightlifting who are kind of not necessarily younger, but maybe just know more about technology and it'll be super easy to implement. Like it wouldn't be that hard. Yeah, I think it's being in tune with your members, like actually listening to podcasts like this and seeing how people actually feel about the sport. Like if the one thing that I always compare it to is the UFC. Like I think, the UFC does the best job at like promoting the actual fights. There's so much content surrounding the, their training leading up to the fight, the weigh-ins, everything, the face-offs, like everything is a production and weightlifting is never going to be that. Like you're never going to have rivalries to where people are weighing in and pushing each other and like wanting to fight before an event, just because like the spread of the totals is like so much different. So like the rivalries aren't going to be like that. But I don't like where can you find stuff from from the UFC to implement? And I think like the commentary is the easiest part, like having Max Ada and Seb for Worlds, like they do such an amazing job. I would watch them even if I wasn't interested in weightlifting. I would think these guys, they really know what they're talking about, but they're also like hilarious and they're unintentionally funny, but they're like really respectful to the athletes but like they'll, they'll talk about Rastami and like make fun of them a little bit. And I, I think that's funny, but like, they're also very respectful and they know everybody's opener. They know what they hit in the last competition. Like, I think doing something like that is easy. And then back to the UFC, like they don't dumb it down to like, I think one of the things that's so played out in weightlifting is like, this is 252 pounds. This girl only weighs 130. Like, okay. Yeah. That's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but in the UFC, they don't say, oh, that's an arm bar. That's when the guy is going <laughs> to tweak his elbow and he can't go any further. So the guy tapped out They're Like, if you want to learn more about an arm bar, you actually have to go to the gym, research it, do it on people, get it done on yourself. And then you're like, oh, wow, that's what that feels like. But I think that's what UFC fans do. They like they're invested. So they go out and learn this stuff because they're like, wow, this is really cool. I saw this on the UFC and then I'm going to go train that. So how does weightlifting get stuff like that? I don't know, but I would love to see where there's like more excitement around it. Yeah, you know, I get that. And I feel like, um, well, with MMA, there's so much more like information and there's so much more things to talk about, like technique and, and all that stuff, because they'll break it down a scenario. Yeah, like for a person who doesn't like I'm not in combatives, like maybe you are, you kind of know. Like the commentators will explain how what they were doing, what they were thinking and how they did it. And you're like, oh, shit, that's super cool because I, I would have no idea. But they're so smart and they could see it in real time and then like go back and slow it down and, and break it down. But we can only talk. We can only talk about, like, oh, how this guy pulled the bar into him, you know, well, he caught it. I feel like there's only so much you could talk about specifically technique and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I definitely could talk about instead of just always being like 
like you were saying, oh, the weight. Oh, oh, oh. I'm like, okay, who cares? Okay, this is, yeah, we know it's a lot. We know we can't lift that. But <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But, uh, you know, give us some more, you know, content. Give us more stuff to like, you know, I don't know. This could be more exciting. And that's why Seb is great because he knows about everyone. He knows yeah. like their their PR attempts, their training stuff, what they've been doing, how they're feeling. Like that's the type of people that you probably need. But um, like I said, it could totally be done. Maybe not in that level, but it could just improve just like a notch up. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah, it's not going to change overnight. But even if you like if I was commentating your session, I'd be like, OK, Corey's coming out for 106. This is an opener. This is the heaviest opener that he's ever done in a national competition. He hasn't competed in a while, but I uh, I have noticed in his training that he's done he's snatch up to 112, so he's definitely in good shape. He's ready for this, and like having people who are actually excited about it. Like if you're watching the live stream and they're like, "Oh, this is 109 kilos. That's a good lift. Loader is 110." It, it like there it does no service to you. Like it doesn't highlight you as an athlete and all the work that you put in. It's just like these people who have been involved in weightlifting forever and maybe at one point they were super passionate about it and fired up but at this point they're just doing it because you know we have the american open series and we have american open finals and then we go to nationals and we do this and we're we we commentate on this session we uh we're the technical official for that session and it's just there's like no passion for the sport anymore and i think um i'm gonna like pedal back i think there was something like I can't say for certain that it happened all the time. I just know one instance, one of my good friends, Jess Mark, um, he was in a session. I think he was like in a lighter weight class. I think like 50 something like the whatever or the light six. I can't remember exactly. Sorry, dude. I don't know your weight class back then because they changed. So it was right before the weight change. Like I think it was around 2017. He was in an A session at a national meet and they had like two commentators. And I think they were the guys who do like the international meets and stuff like they commentated. And they actually knew, like, people's numbers. Like, oh, this is the highest attempt. Uh, this would be a PR. Or, like, oh, he hasn't done. Like, they actually did, like, a little, like, slightly little, like, you know, research. Not, like, a ton. But, I mean, obviously enough to, like, talk about each individual athlete. And I remember watching those videos because he would, like, kind of repost, like, old stories. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. I, I, I never had that experience before. But it's just cool to see. And, and, you know, hopefully they could do more of that and be more consistent across the board. Right? I think you have to build it like you have to build weightlifting inside of weightlifting first before you worry about getting more members, like make the members who we already have, like make them really excited to compete and like make people want to go to the next level. So if you do local meets, like make it really worth the experience to go to the American open series, like that ends up being your nationals. Or if you're at the series level and you want to qualify for finals, like make it really worth it for people to want to push. Like what's the point of doing weightlifting if you just you're traveling across the country, you're paying a thousand bucks to to stay in an Airbnb to fly. And then it's like there you're essentially doing a like a local meet just with better platforms and a scoreboard. Yeah, no, I get that. I and I think they do a good job of the setup and the feel, cause like you know, anytime that we do a national meet, you always feel good. You always feel like it's somewhat legit for sure. Like, okay, this is like a real meet. It's like, it's a lot different being on that stage versus like a local meet. Like local meet, I can just hit any number. And then like you're on there, like ooh, like you know what I mean? Yeah, you have that pressure for sure. But um, as far as like competing at the uh, national level and stuff, 
I know you've asked me, but now I get to ask you, like, what type of mental prep and stuff like that do you do? Or is there anything that you have, like, a plan when you do it? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's funny with Brittany, like, I haven't really known what I was going to do, like, attempt-wise. We haven't really talked about it. She usually asks, like, what do you want to open with? What's, like, the highest and lowest that you're comfortable opening with? And I think at this point, I just have a lot of confidence in her to just be, I'll usually say like, if I hit a lift, then I'm like, okay, what do you think we should do? Like go to take a three kilo jump or four kilo. What do you think? So as far as like mental stuff, I don't know. I'm very routine oriented from baseball. So like every lift I touch from the bar to my maximum effort attempt, like I adjust my hands the same way. I take the same amount of breaths. I do that stuff. And like, it's just how it is. I wouldn't say it's like, it's like ingrained in me. Like I can't not do it. It's not that I'm focusing on it. I'm just, I, I don't know how to do it another way. Yeah. It's kind of like autopilot. It's like, this is kind of how I train. Like you said, it's ingrained in you. This is how I operate. So like how you operate, do you, are you more of like hype person, calm person? I mean, I already kind of know, but I mean, I just want to talk about for other people listening. Yeah, I'm still I'm still learning that, I feel like. Yeah. Um at Nationals was the first time. So I used to listen to music like all the time in the warm-up yeah. room and stuff. And then I stopped doing that. I had a meet where I was like, I'm not gonna listen to any music. And I did really well. So I I started doing that. But I noticed I would always like I would always snatch really well or at least like be ready for a good snatch it maybe it didn't equate to the platform but like i felt focused and like ready to go out there and then clean and jerk i was always so tired i would always like get to clean and jerk and be like oh my god everything feels so heavy like and a lot of the sessions i was doing lately have been like eight o'clock at night six o'clock at night different time zone I did the American open online one in 2021 and I started lifting at 10 PM. So I would just get to the clean and jerk and be exhausted. So at nationals, I listened to music in beat. So I didn't listen to music for the snatch, but, and then for the clean and jerk, I turned it on and like had just had a couple songs queued up and just listened to them on repeat. Didn't end up making my clean and jerks, <laughs> but it, but how, it was yeah, like, how a, did it exactly yeah. How, uh, what did, can you play out? Like what happened with the clean and jerks? Yeah. So I went, I opened at 136, and usually like with clean and jerk, because it's heavy, like I start to doubt, like as I'm warming up, I'm like, all right, I hit 120. That feels a little bit heavier than I wanted to. And like the, the plan will be like, I'll go 120, 130 or like between 127 and 130. And then I'll tell Brittany like, ah, oh, that felt pretty heavy. Like, let's let's do 124 for next warm up. And she's like, no, we're doing that. Like, this is a plan. But uh, so I ended up opening at 36, and the heaviest I touched in training was 130. So like, holy shit, so, 136, jeez. So going into that, I was like, okay, this is gonna be hard. But <laughs> hit, hit that, and then I went for 140 twice and just missed the jerk. It just wasn't wasn't there on the day. Like it wasn't, I can't blame anything. Like I just missed. It was but you just hit frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So it's still pretty freaking good, man. One thirty. That's a huge, that's a fat opener, man. 
yeah so it i I mean it felt good like it felt good to at least i hit the qualifying total again like the same total i hit to get there i hit at nationals so it made me at least feel like okay i'm meant to be here it's not like it was a fluke that i just hit the total but like i want to go to nationals and be competitive i don't want to be like the guy who's just hitting the total to get there and like you know i'm happy and i have my shirt that says nationals i did nationals Mm Yeah, dude. No, I I agree, man. Like, you don't want to squeak by in there. And then once you get there, you're just going to be the first one to lift and you get all your three lifts done and then call it a day. And you you don't like and you're just kind of like, okay, well, I'm here, but like not really. You know what I mean? I don't know. Because, yeah, obviously we're all competitive. So we want to do the best, but you're still trying to do the best of what you're capable of. Because obviously you're not going to just put something on the bar that you have no chance of lifting. Yeah, and we talked about on my podcast the uh, what Will Fleming said is it's just weightlifting meets are not PR fest. Like, don't expect. I think like sometimes beginners expect to like you go into a weightlifting meet and you think you're gonna have the best lifting day that you've ever had. That's probably not gonna happen. You're you're gonna do what numbers you hit in training. If you normally press out a weight in training and you put it on the bar to meet, you're probably gonna press it out. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. And. Most times, like, yeah, it's not a PR fest, but, like, they're going to be in the, like, 90s range that you're going to be hitting on the platform. You know what I'm saying? Or if you really peaked, like, smart and well that, like, oh, I'm due for a PR. I just haven't hit it or I haven't had the opportunity to hit it. Well, if that opportunity arises, like, you better capitalize and hit that on the stage. And I think those are the times when people actually get, like, lifetime PRs, you know, something they haven't done in training is that, like, their training has done, has been going well into it um for your um for your mental prep it's funny that you were mentioning some of the stuff and I was agreeing with you and I was shaking my head because this time around I really wanted to change that and it was like yeah like that's almost exactly what I did and I wasn't even super exhausted I was like wasn't even that sore either and I felt the strongest by kind of like literally what you're doing exact same thing so what do you mean? Like, what'd you do differently? Oh, okay. So dude, like I'm usually like super hype, right? Like I'm just, I live off hype and, um, I, I, I just kind of noticed that like, okay, let me just, uh, in my training when I had really good days, when I snatched like 112 and then like the following month, like on Friday and then on Monday I snatched like 106 and I wasn't even that tired. I'm like, I wasn't listening to music. I wasn't super amped. I was just kind of focused. So I was like, I'm just going to focus. I'm just going to be really chill and only use my energy where it matters the most. Like I'm just trying to conserve, conserve, conserve. That's really what I was trying to do and keep level headed. So I wasn't like super anxious. I actually wasn't even nervous for my opening attempt. And, and like, um, yeah, it just went well. I think I, I, I missed like one Oh three in the back, pressed it out on the second time. We had another chance and the boop, boop, I pressed it out and she's like, you know, you need, yeah. Uh, do you know what you need to do? I'm like, mm-hmm. I got it. And then I smoked the 106. I was fine. And yeah, everything leading up to it, I think I just slightly messed up on like the 112. It felt kind of weird, like off the ground, but it still felt super light. And I didn't feel like it was impossible. Like in my head, I never doubted that I couldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? So that was a win in itself, like snatching 109 and then the cleaning jerks. I was just like, I took less uh, warm up attempts because I asked her like, hey, can I take these attempts uh, in the I mean, these warm-ups, how I do in training. Like, yeah, it's perfect. So I think I only did like a few, like 70, 90, 110, like 120, 
And then like, it was like 122 or something like that. And 133 or something like that. And then I opened up 137. Um, but yeah, like I just had one stupid oops on that 137. Cause I, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but, uh, I took these smelling salts and I don't know why for an opener. I was like, yeah, it's like 137. It's like the biggest opener I've done. <laughs> Did the smelling salts. I was like, Oh, it was like really, really strong. It was, uh, it like, it was like the gel. I don't know if you've seen the ones with like the atomic rhino. It was like a red gel. It wasn't like an actual like salt, but it was like stupid strong, like burned my, one of my nose. My eyes were tearing up, hit the jerk. I mean, hit, cleaned it, but I had a double bounce. Like, why am I double bouncing? Like, what the hell? Double bounce, got up and I like kind of like stumbled a little bit and I got super lightheaded and I had no sensation in my arms and legs. And I'm like, how am I going to put this over my head? So I was just kind of like a Hail Mary. And then like I missed behind. I never even do that. And it like scraped behind <laughs> my, like it like skimmed my back. I look stupid. I look over at Nick. She's like doing one of these faces and then like um bees is like smiling at me and because i'm like laughing i'm like you know how like that uh little meme on uh the wolf wall she's like <laughs> he like points at the tv that was me i was like fuck those smelling salts i'm not using them again <laughs> and after that honestly the other two lists were perfectly fine but the whole mental prep thing was like i was listening to music to get me hyped because i started to feel tired i'm like the weights don't feel heavy but i feel tired i'm like why am i feeling tired so and I didn't overeat like I usually do because I used to eat a shit ton of food and then like minimal snacks, just enough food. And I was doing like the salts, you know, like the um, the elements and stuff like that just to keep me hydrated. Nothing crazy. And it worked out fine. And then the next day I wasn't even that sore. I, was like, I feel like I could work out again. And are you taking any time off or not much? Eh, not really. I thought like the uh, the actual being at um, the AO was time off because like man i haven't lifted i haven't lifted since friday you know didn't lift saturday didn't lift sunday i think i lifted monday it was like a light day and then i trained yesterday yeah because so, you got uh, finals isn't too far away what's it like nine weeks out maybe yeah something like that yeah it's like i don't yeah i don't know like for me it's like if it's like mentally or physically a problem then like okay maybe maybe we'll do a break like a like a week break but I feel fine. Maybe I'm just more amped up, you know, like I wanted to keep training and my body feels good. So that's why I just kind of rolled back into it. And that was the best total you ever hit, right? Yeah. 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 That was a one kilo, one kilo lift. But remember, I'm interviewing you. You're not interviewing me. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> You're turning into your podcast. I can't now. help myself. <laughs> I can't. But I like genuinely, I'm a fan of weightlifting. So yeah. when I see you do well, like I was watching your live stream when I was driving in the car. I was wait, waiting for your 112. Like I'm driving, I'm sitting in traffic, like looking down, looking up, looking up, making sure I you weren't going. And then for your clean and jerks, I was actually at the gym training myself. So like I, I and normally I would never do that. Like I would never be watching. I never scroll on Instagram. I'm never looking at my phone, but like I really want to watch your session. So I'm curious, like when people do well, like, okay, what did you do differently? What it like, what do you think played into that performance? And I mean, for you, like, of course, now I'm going into the, the host again, but like, <laughs> you're a really impressive lifter. You have a, you have really good technique and it, it's fun to watch you. So like, selfishly, I think, what can I do that you do? And like, how can I implement that into my own training? And what those things are, I don't know yet. Like I always thought with my podcast that that's what I was going to learn. I I don't think that was ever the case that like 
I yeah. learned some grand secret from somebody, but yeah, it, it is just interesting, like kind of hearing how people think about things. No, exactly. Like that's literally one of the main reasons why I wanted to do a podcast. I was actually kind of inspired by you because I would listen to your podcast before I even knew who you were. And then like I wanted to talk more about weightlifting, you know, instead of like DMs, like let me just call up this dude and, and we'll talk because like, like there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you just don't know about. And I'm always curious to know like, yeah, what, yeah, what are they doing? And maybe I can gain some uh, something out of it. And then whatever that we're talking about, maybe someone could like it resonates with them. Like, oh, man, like I wasn't feeling too good or like, man, I'm feeling burnt out. But after listening to, you know, Corey and Angela's podcast, like it kind of got me fired up and know that like we're all in it together doing the same shit, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. So like I think the um, you may play around with those things, but I, if I had to like make any advice to people, maybe don't like change too much where you're not yourself. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I that's why I wore my fun singlet. Like, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna wear my fun singlet. Like, it's just, I don't care. It's just like, it's an AO series. I'm gonna wear my Akatsuki singlet. I'm gonna feel like myself. And then, um, I forgot this dude. I, he's gonna be mad at me if I forget his name, but he's like JD powered up, like on Instagram. Let me go figure out his actual name, but he calls himself like the Black Panther. And, um, I listened to him. Like, he made a little commentary on his Instagram. It was more like a, his name is Jamaris JJ Williams. He's out of like, uh, it says low country barbell. Yeah, but me and him are like Instagram buddies. And he made a whole commentary about how he just wanted to be himself. And he didn't even care about his ego. It took himself too serious. Or like he's only been it for three years. And he's like already like a, you know, national lifter and stuff like senior Nats, which is pretty impressive. And he's just saying like, just no, no matter what, just like be yourself and be like the lifter or the human being that you want to be. Like he was like, hey, I was chatting with people. And just like wanting to get to know them, hyping them up and not just like only thinking about myself. And I lifted great. Like I felt good and I felt like just proud of myself. So I think that's a lot that go into it too. my mentality was like, hey, like, let's just fucking let's just do this. Let's have fun. Yeah, it's a great mentality. The only thing I can't watch other people lift because like I don't want to see somebody pass out on a on a jerk and then like have to go for 100 percent myself. Like that's the last thing I want to see. Just don't watch Chevy. <laughs> I hope he's okay. I, he I really do. He seemed to be all right. He seemed to be all right. He was walking around talking to people with his crutches and leg brace. I don't know him at all. I don't think I've ever spoken to him, but <laughs> it seems like it's a, a trend. <laughs> yeah, man. Even the, like the, you notice more at the higher weight classes, like that tends to happen. I don't know what is the cause for that, but I mean, once you're getting up to, double body weight, especially when people are weighing 96, a hundred kilos, like that's just, it's a lot of weight. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And then like, just can't even like, I can't comprehend those type of weights, like even deadlifting it, you know, like even trying to think of imagining what the like Olympic level people do at your weight class. I'm just like, you know, I'm like, how I don't even understand like Luis Mascara, like how he could like power snatch 150. That thing's barely going to budge off the ground if I try to even clean it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it, it, speaking of like that world level and stuff. Like, is there any other st- like world like stuff that you said you were watching a lot? Is there anything that you wanted to highlight or talk about? Because I, I was watching a little bit, but I didn't really get to catch like every single thing. The world. Uh, the one thing I noticed, like, 
and I don't know if this is because like people want to be in the A sessions, but like a lot of people, I saw a lot of people bomb and I wonder what that is. Like if people just open too heavy or if they cut a lot of weight and that's like kind of the behind the scenes stuff where I feel like the UFC does a great job of like this guy cut 47 pounds. Like he's on death's door and there's a video of it, like of him the day before, you know, just falling out of the sauna and you're like, damn, well, that's why he got knocked out. But you kind of see the the people who bomb out and you're like, I wonder why they bombed out. Like they, they hit that number on weightlifting house a week ago and it looked really easy. So, I mean, the 80, was it the 89s that was supposed to be like the really good session talking like, Oh, this is going to be the session of the century. You know, like they're, they're of course hyping it up because they're selling the product. Like they're, they want you to buy the ticket, but Tian Tao bombed out. Um, Lee Diane didn't lift like that well, but he ended up coming back. He, he missed a lift on his second and then like, it looked awful. Like you're thinking there's no way he's going to make the next attempt. And then he does, he takes the lead by one kilo. And then this Iranian dude comes out. He took a three kilo jump and the clean on the, he did, I think he did two twelve, and the clean looked like he was going to die. And then somehow he got under it, made the jerk like easy. And then, and Max Ada even said specifically, he's like, if there's anybody who looks like they're not going to make a lift, but can add a couple of kilos. It's going to be this guy. And he comes out for 215 to beat uh, Lee Diane by a kilo and makes it. And you're like, oh my God. It, it was like the most insane lift because he just pulled it off the ground and you're like, there's no shot he's getting underneath. And then he just catapults. I don't even know the guy's name, but uh, I, I've that, seen, yeah. Yeah, like exactly. He's not even like a huge name that people know of. He's like, what the fuck? I just remember seeing like, who the fuck is this guy? Literally, who is this guy? He's like Rastami 2.0. Like, yeah, <laughs> he just the Iranians, they walk on the platform like they look like they just don't want to be there at all. They hate weightlifting and they're super strong. It is funny, like and when people speak a different language, like obviously it's a little bit harder to relate to them. So like you see their mannerisms and you're like, this guy's a little bit weird, but maybe it's just more of their culture and, and how they train like they're just kind of low energy guys but i'm sure they're still passionate about it and love weightlifting but like you kind of you see them compared to the people who walk on the platform and like are smiling and they look happy to be there like the iranians walk on they just look miserable like you, you think there's no way they're going to be able to lift the weight and they do rastami was the same way but like he he would he would always open i think the one video Seb made, he said he intentionally opens heavier than everybody else. So he sits there and doesn't touch the bar until everybody else has weight on the bar in the warm up platform, like to psych himself out. But I mean, how are, how are we going to relate to that? We're probably not going to just because, you know, if you're going to American open series and acting like that, it, like people probably aren't going to think too highly of you. Yeah, like fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 Rastami, like, the funny thing about him is like he just walks so slow. <laughs> he takes his sweet ass time in the bar, and like, say if he misses, dude, he takes like ten years to walk off the damn platform. He's like, "Oh my damn, are you that? Fu- is your body that fucked up? Are you just like that calm?" <laughs> but he moves so fast when he lifts. 
He's like, I'm only using my energy when I pull the fucking board. <laughs> like it's just, he's a funny character, but I think um, you could probably see it in like Europeans and maybe the worlds before any of those like super high meets. You're like, why are people bombing out? Why people are like fucking up and doing this and doing that? Uh, well, the Italians kind of got exposed because they weren't doing that well doing like Europeans and I think last year's worlds. They're just basically putting on maxes and trying to put up the highest total. So they're opening the highest that they can. That way it's one and done. They can get their total for the OQR. And then the like I, and then for the, I hope somebody corrects me because I don't want to be talking on my ass like Joe Rogan. I'm kidding. But um, you have to be in the top 10 in the country, in the world, right? And then also you have to do X, Y, and Z meets. So they're just trying to like maximize. All right, this is a chance that we got. We're just fucking sending it. I think a lot of countries are doing that, and it could be a smart strategy, I guess, just to solidify like your spot in the Olympics and the pressure and to compete and qualify is really high. I think that's why you're seeing a lot of those, um, those like mislips or or bombing out. Like uh, specifically, I was really surprised about this Japanese lifter. Uh, his name on Instagram is like M Konchan. He's like he was a 67. He moved up to 73. He's like right an underling of the other guy. I forget his name, like Missinori or something like that. I know I'm exactly correct. who you're talking about. I'm butching their names. I like him. Names. I, yeah, I, I like, like yeah. the lifter you're talking about. I have no idea what his name is. Yeah, it's like I think on We Lift Weights or some type of like, you know, media thing, showed him like snatching like 150 easy. And I think like he bombed out on snatches. Like it's like, what? It's like, oh, this is really surprising because Maybe we don't see the behind the scenes, but knowing like Japanese weightlifting or their style, like they don't, it's all about like consistency and making lifts, like just being more like, you know, strict and, you know, methodical about what they're lifting. You don't see them just fucking throwing shit up and, and missing and doing crazy stuff and they squat a ton. So there, his, his leg strength is good, you know, like dude, like, you know, back squats 200 for reps, you know, and, and other stuff, uh, but yeah, that was just surprising to me. And I don't know if it's just a bad day or I think also I've heard a lot of people that were complaining that the travel was is like there's no direct way to get there in Saudi Arabia. It, it, the time change. You ever notice that a lot of people were kind of like complaining about that? Yeah. I, I think that probably had to do something with it. Yeah. I mean, anytime your time zone is changing by like 12 hours, it takes a long time to adjust to. I think that's had some type of uh, effect to it for those those people, but I don't know if I'm just making excuses for for them. But I mean, it is also worlds like you're gonna see a lot of risky uh, attempts and stuff like that. I think the one thing I thought though, like because of that OQR and like everybody's trying to hit the highest total, I don't like that because like how many world championships are people gonna go to? Like if, if you're a weightlifter, maybe you have 10 years in the sport to where you're going to keep progressing and like, you have to go to that meet to make the Olympics, but you're not necessarily peaked for it. Like some people just go and weigh in, like how many world championships are you going to go to? And you wasted one just weighing in and you didn't even lift. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, it, I think it's like at fault of the, the Olympic qualification style that like forces people to do that. Maybe you have an injury, but you have to go and like you miss out on a world's because you just have to go and weigh in. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. And I don't I don't get that either. I wish there was a better way 
of the qualification stuff because like how and also how can you peak if you're competing all the time like even all these high level usa athletes like what what do they do they did the grand prix in cuba they did the worlds and then now they're going to qatar for another grand prix like in just December. in a few months yeah and i'm like geez how can you actually get stronger and better if you're constantly competing you know i guess you just have to you have to like hit your best total and hopefully you can hang on to that for like the quad. And then I don't know, but it's like, it's so different because like, if you want, if you like watching football, you don't go out to your local high school and think like, I'm going to throw a football like Brett Favre or like, I'm going to go out and look like Alshon Jeffrey and make these insane catches. Like that's what we think of as weightlifting. Like we're always comparing ourselves to all these yeah, world level people, but yeah. like our what we do in training versus what they do in training is we're playing different sports. We're doing completely different things. That's very true. You got to bring it down to your level. I feel that, and we get caught up. And I think maybe CrossFit too, because like we're doing the same mo- like they're doing the same movements as the games athletes and doing all that. Like, oh, I don't that workout, but like the way they train and what they do is totally different than just what at our level that we're doing. I mean, I'm not gonna get crazy like good doing four times a week, you know. Like a lot of these like elite lifters that I mentioned before were doing like two days, multiple days, and spreading out but it's also their like job is to lift right yeah you got a lot of other life stressors that don't involve lifting so that's going to take away from your ability to lift yeah exactly and then it shouldn't be like an excuse is what it is and whatever means that you have like if you have a garage or this and that or a global gym like if that's what you have and that's what you got to make you got to make the best of it right and be happy about it yeah for sure but um, kind of reeling back to um, talking about podcasts within a podcast, how did you even get started with uh, Better Than Yesterday? Ooh, <laughs> I bought a microphone. That's literally <laughs> all I did. I bought a microphone and was like, I'll start a podcast. It was like, a, it was around the time when like Barbell Shrugged was really popular. Yeah. Um, there was this one guy, Mizba Hawk, who had, it was called the Airborne Mind. I was sitting at my job. I fucking hated it and wanted, not wanted to kill myself, but like being in the office here, like this is every day is the worst day of your life. So I'm listening to all these podcasts about people who actually enjoy what they're doing. And like, it was all fitness related. I was like, I should do this. So like, I ended up quitting my job. I bought a microphone, thought, you know, I was going to get famous and make podcasting my full-time job. Didn't happen. But, uh, you know, you talk to a lot of really good people along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you're ahead of the curve because somehow it got way like podcasting or just listening to podcasts got way more popular because even then, like, I'm not going to lie, like my dad was probably the first one to listen to podcasts. I'm like, what is this? Another radio talk show radio dad? Because my dad loves radio stuff and he's been listening to like. For as long as I've known my freaking dad, he's always been listening to like radio or, or like podcasting and type stuff. And like, but now it's gotten more popular, which is good because it's it's fun. I enjoy this so much other than just like scrolling on my phone. And it's, I feel like it's healthier too to have like real conversations with people and stuff. And like that's that was my main motivation was just literally talking because I talk too much anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like people want to hear that. Like, 
you see a lifter who lifts at worlds, you want to learn more about them. So like, if you're thinking that I'm sure there's other people who watch them and think, Oh, like I'll go on Spotify, see if they've talked to anybody before. And like, obviously my podcast is going to be like much lower on that list if they went on, you know, like a, a bigger name show, but there's been people who I talked to where like you kind of message them and you're like, Hey, would you come on my podcast? And you're like, Oh, they'll never respond. Like this person's way too busy. And then they're like, yeah, sure. You're like, wow, really? Okay. Like it, it's just a surprise when people actually do say yes. So what was your like first big name, like person you had as a host? I mean, as a guest. So I had this girl on uh, Natalie Newhart and she was, she was like the first person to get caught using steroids and CrossFit, like, right. But she was super honest about her story. And I, I heard her on another podcast and I was like, Oh, she was on Alyssa Ritchie's show. And uh, she was like super honest with what she was taking and why she did it. And I was like, Oh, that'd be interesting to hear about myself. So yeah, she was like the first big person I had on. And then I don't know. Like at, at this point now, like I don't even think about like who's going to be a big name person that I can get on. It's just like, who? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, like the more you do it, the more you learn, like it's not always interesting with the biggest name person. Like I have just as much fun talking to you, if not more fun than somebody who has a big Instagram following, but isn't necessarily interesting. I said, I said that I said that wrong. I have way more fun talking to you than somebody. No, no, no. Has. You said it. No, you, you said no. You said it right. I heard you. <laughs> you knew what no, I was saying. I don't no, know yeah, if, I, I knew, if I butchered yeah. that, but like, yeah, <laughs> I genuinely would rather talk to people who who love what they're doing and who are interesting than somebody who's great, who's an outlier at something, but who doesn't have a personality. Dude, I 100% agree with you, man. Because, like, sometimes, and not talking crap about, like, these elite lifters, but they live a boring life, you know? And you have to. You have to to get to that level. It's like, what do you, like, do? It was like, I'm not saying any names, but one of my buddies was a really good 81, and his training partner was, like, a really good um, weightlifter, ended up being in the Olympics. And he's like, he stayed over his house and hung out and talked to him. I was like, so what do you like to do, man? He's He's like, his house was bare. Had nothing, nothing in his house. Just had an Nintendo 64. He's like, what? Weightlifting isn't fun enough. And like, he's like, what? He's like, this is boring. But like, the, I mean, that's who he is. That's how some people are. They don't have to be the most interesting person in the world. But I think they put all their efforts, energy, personality into this little circle of weightlifting, and that's fine. I mean, that's that's your choice. That's your life. But it can get like, how I couldn't talk to that person more than like I don't know, 20 minutes you know how much you lift how did that feel do you like it okay cool move on you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and maybe I rather, yeah maybe that's what's required to get to the olympics but that, like i think the more you talk to people like that you start to think well maybe i don't want to go to the olympics because i don't want to you know not hang out with people i don't want to have to eat the same thing every day for four years and weigh myself and not have a cheap meal and train 12 times a week like you, you start to pick up on these things that people do and you're like, okay, well that's, you know, that's out of the question. I don't want to do that. Uh, no, I think that makes sense. Cause you're, you're mentioning about like that Nate Sorinsky guy was like doing a documentary with Hamp 
and how dialed in Hampt is. Like, dude, I don't even know if I could do that. Right. That's what he was saying. Yeah. Or, um, did he come on with that yet? Because I have not followed. I, I think not, like, he said October or November. So it should okay. be out relatively soon. Man, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. he. I mean, if you're a weightlifting fan, you should definitely be watching his YouTube channel. I know he's not competing as much anymore. I don't know if he's he's done with the sport or what but like he's always done a great job of showing the like he's he's an elite lifter but maybe that wasn't worth it for him like mentally to continue to try to shoot for teams and stuff and go to these meets and you just have to be so dialed in for so long yeah he's a great vlogger though like he's very entertaining and I almost was like trying to get in that space but it was just like I just don't have the skill or the time and energy for the uh, like all the content media stuff. Like shout out to my boy Eli and uh, the guy I did other freaking Tony uh, Ashford. They do a really good job with their editing and I seen them like do it in person and they just learn the skills and they really had like the knack for it. And I seen this guy make this reel in like a half hour and I'm like, I couldn't do that. That would take me all day. Yeah, like some, some people have the skill to do that. And I, you know, what? at least I dabbled, at least I tried and I do have st- like YouTube videos and stuff. But the reason why I do this uh, podcast stuff, because not going to lie, the editing is not that hard for me, at least. And then as far as sound quality is something that I get like super nerdy about because of my music background, which I'm like, oh, OK, like I could do this because I've been editing sound stuff like that for over 10 years, not like on purpose or consistently. But at least I had that experience, you know? Yeah, I tried the YouTube stuff and it's just, it wasn't for me. Like now even my girlfriend will try to like record me and I'm like, get that camera out of my face. Like I hate it. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I just, I like real life. Like, like (laughs) I'm not saying that the people who do content don't have real lives. But for me, like I'd rather... I'd rather be present. I'd rather not have my phone all the time or not be worried about. And I know Tony was talking about that on your show. I really enjoyed that episode, but he was saying like, sometimes you, you know, you're having a conversation and you think this might be really good for a vlog, but at the same time, like, I just want to be with people. I want to be present. I don't want to be like, Oh wait, can you say that on camera? Because it would sound good for other people instead of just like being yourself and being present with people. So that's just stuff you learn. Like you kind of have to do it. And then like, I've done so many different things that I'm like, yeah, this is the thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make a YouTube channel and get a thousand subscribers. And then you do it and you're like, oh, fuck YouTube. I hate it. And then you move on to the next thing and the next thing. And then you, maybe you, you, like, I haven't found the thing that I want to do yet, but I found a ton of things that I'm like, yeah, that's not it. Yeah, exactly. I think you just, checking off the boxes you know i mean like i'm trying anything once or like if you're interested in that certain space let me just jump into it and see if i like it and you said you haven't found what you like i think you're really good at the podcast thing man like i've watched i've listened to multiple of your episodes and you know how to ask the right questions you don't talk too much um the good pacing's great there's not like any too awkward silences in it and you've been doing it what consistently for how many years now? I like three probably four. I started in four? 2019, but this year has been I haven't done it in like a month, and it 
you know, I was, I was getting ready for this and my microphone has dust and I'm just sitting there like, God, I hate myself. I wish I was staying consistent with it. But sometimes like you can, you can be consistent for so long. And like the people who are super consistent, like if you look at the comedians who are the podcast, like they have, they have a producer, they're just literally sitting here talking. And then as soon as we're done, you have to go edit this shit. You have to put it on social media. You have to get photos. You have to do all this stuff. They just sit here and talk into the universe. And then it somehow gets uploaded and like everybody is doing stuff for them. Like for us, you just have to, everything after is like this stuff that you probably don't even want to do. Like that is yeah. the stuff I don't want to do. Like yeah, having no, the conversation is, is the easiest part. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, Fuck, like even like uh, kind of going back to the YouTube thing, dude, I would love just to have like someone record my ass and I can just talk and do whatever the fuck I want instead of like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. And also the independent people like me and you, I'm sure you can get burnt out just like training if we do it too consistently. And I'm, you know, I'm going to fucking call out Dozer. I think he's running out of content. You can kind of tell, like, he's like, I don't know if he's going on rants or he's being negative, but lately he's just kind of like, oh, buy this or my dog starves and stuff like that. And it's like not against Dozer. I think some of the stuff he has is really good, but I don't, I almost think that he's running out of content. Like he's almost running out of ideas. You know what I mean? I will say I don't, I haven't watched a ton of his stuff. I will say um, for nationals though, when he bombed, he had a really bad meet, but I was super impressed with how he handled it and how he came out and said, like, I had a shit meet, like I, I training went well, but I just didn't put it together on the platform. And like, he was super honest about it. And like, I respect that. I respect that from people like you could, you could do the lead up and you have your five part series and whatever, and then you bomb out and then nobody hears from you again. Like I, I was, in, I was seriously impressed by him just sitting down and saying like, you know, I had the worst day of my life. It sucked. Like to have the balls to do that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like I was saying, like, that's a stand up guy. And not only that, how, how can you have the balls or like mental space to like, I don't even know if he even processed it or maybe he was just sh- he's so used to sharing himself to the world. Like it just happened. He sat down with a fucking mic in his hand and he started talking. I'm like, damn, I would probably like at least wait, you know a little bit kind of like self-reflect, but maybe that was his way of self-reflecting through social media and stuff. And yeah, like, honestly, I don't even know if I could do that. That So that was pretty impressive. So I can't even talk shit about that. <laughs> I mean, I think th- like even social media, I, I have a tough time being on it just because I get sucked in. I go down the rabbit holes like everybody else. But I think it's so easy to look at somebody's social media and like, look at their viewpoints and you're like, ah, fuck this person. I don't like them. I don't like what they they think about. But if none of us had Instagram, we'd probably like each other so much more. Like if people just, you know, you weren't trying to put on this front, you weren't trying to be somebody you're not. If you just actually, you know, genuinely sat down and talked to people, if you talk to somebody for an hour and a half, like you're going to find commonalities. You're going to find things that you're interested in. And even if it's not a commonality, but like one thing that I'm super curious about is like when people genuinely love something, I can't skateboard, but like when you see somebody who's, who's put 10 years of skateboarding in and they do 360 flips and it looks like a piece of art, like that's impressive to me. So like, I want to learn 
like, how have you done this for this long? And like, you've made this thing perfect. And like, I can learn from that, even if I'm never going to get on a skateboard again, but like, how can I translate what you do into the things that I'm trying to do? Yeah. I think you're an avid learner. You always want to like, you always want to grow and improve and not it's just weightlifting. I think that's just the type of person that you are. That's probably why the podcast thing just comes natural to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always asking questions. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm always asking my girlfriend stuff and she's like, why are you thinking about that? Like, why does that even cross your mind? But uh, like genuinely curious about everything. Like, I just want to know. I want to know why I've always, I think I've always been like that, but like having a place to, to do that where it's encouraged, you're like, okay, like this is something that I could do. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like I just, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I hate tooting your horn and shit, but like, (laughs) you're like one of the few that I actually listen to consistently and probably it makes it better that I actually know you too. So it's like, even on that smaller level, like, oh, you're not like a Joe Rogan, you know, but like you're a guy who's interested in the same things that I am and kind of ask the questions that I wish I could ask to these certain people. Cause I think I still haven't branched out to like other people yet. Cause maybe I'm just in my comfort zone. But th- like I said, this is uh fun for me, but I think, yeah, I think you kill it. It's pretty good. Uh, is there anything that you're excited about moving forward as far as like the podcast you got in the future? So or are you just kind of like taking day by day? Yeah, I got to get back to it. Honestly, I, I've been writing a little bit more. I've been doing this. It's called Substack. And it, it's just like a blog essentially, but I've been writing about training and stuff. And I think it's a good, it's like a good proving ground. Cause a lot of times like you sit down and write and you're like, you think you have a good idea. And then you're like, that idea sucked. Or I don't actually believe in that. I just thought I did. So I've been doing that a lot. And then I have to get back to the podcast. I think when we get to San Antonio, I think I'll have like more of a routine just cause like here we just have so much to do like so so many hiking spots and working a lot so i think once we get there and like kind of get a chance to catch our breath and i don't want to have bear people on all the time but like i see a lot of people who are doing really well and you know there i told you there's people in the military you're obviously one of them like how you balance training and you know you're one of the top lifters in the country at this point in your weight class. So like the people at the top aren't necessarily the, the interesting to me just because they're not doing that. They don't have to like, you're getting on flights and, and flying and learning how to do all this crazy shit. And, and then on the, on top of that, you're snatching in your garage, you're cleaning, jerking in your garage, getting ready for finals. So like I, whenever I hear people like that, I'm like, okay, I could do more. I can always add in more in my routine. Yeah. Have you thought about filming? Because uh, this is something I always want to do. And I wish I kind of knew more about filming like an actual like in-person uh, podcast. And also it's going to give you a lot more opportunities for an in-person uh, podcast, I feel like. Yeah, I would love I would honestly love to do that. But it's just I haven't. I don't know. I'm just lazy. Like, When's the last in-person one you've done? I do them with my girlfriend like a decent amount of time, but oh yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right, yeah, you do, yeah. So <laughs> whenever, whenever I can't find somebody, which has been recently, or like You're I just, just like, haven't been, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'd I'd have to go back and honestly see. Like I've always enjoyed kind of going to people's gyms and stuff, like 
getting to be in their space where they're a little bit more comfortable. Like that's always been fun for me, but I think like we obviously don't have a lot of money to, I can't just sit here and travel all the time to, to do a podcast. So, I mean, I'm looking, geez, the last time I did an in-person one was March. No, no, that, that wasn't even in person. I'm sorry. I can't even, I literally can't even find one. But it's been a while. Though, it's right? been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, can... November. 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 Of last oh, year. dang, dude. Yeah. It's so, almost a year. I mean, the in person uh, ones are fun. They're like, I think it's a lot easier to, I mean, like we had the, the outage in the middle of this. So, yeah. Like, I know, it's right? kind of hard to recreate that. But when you're in person and just kind of, but at the same time, too, it, like, I think this, this barrier makes it a little bit more comfortable because, I mean, for especially like I'm a dude, girls might not want to come over to my apartment to do a podcast, but like if you do it on Zoom, it's a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You comfort your own space and you got like your own little setup. Like, you know, I got my desk here in my room, but I was saying that like, you know, I hate, you know, these these stupid mics, right? These road mics, but th- dude, they were great. I just had it on our lanyard, like on the credentials like this. Uh-huh. And then he had his and I had my, uh, it plugs directly into your, um, the transmitter plugs in right into your, your computer. And I recorded straight from GarageBand. And once you merge these two, cause there's a setting where you could do like either separate audio or merge. I just had it merge cause they said that's what it suggested that you should do. So dude, like it was recording live, you know, on these transmitter, on these like receivers and I didn't, it was on one audio file. So it wasn't like audio one, audio two on GarageBand. It was just one and it picked up both. And all I really did was like change the effects. But like I always do compressed. You use GarageBand, right? Yeah. So like I go to voice and I do like compressed vocal. And then I go into EQ and I start doing low cut, mid, the high frequency. Maybe if I needed like a little, if it sounds too echoey, I turn down the ambience and the reverb down. I start tweaking those for every one of my podcasts, by the way. That's what I do for my vocals and yours. Like even on a Zoom call, I can make a Zoom call sound a little bit better by tweaking the EQ. And, so um, I don't even do any of that. So really? that's interesting. I have to look more into that. Well, shit, maybe I'm doing all this for nothing because you're sounding great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've tried. Like there's definitely been ones where they didn't sound as good as I would like to. And I've tried using like the presets in GarageBand, but I haven't learn the one uh, weightlifting coach I had on coach Blanco. He he's Brooklyn training hall. That's his gym. But he, he was on radio, I think before he did gym or he worked in a, in a radio station or whatever. And he was telling me like, he was giving me tips on how to make it sound better. So like that, that was really cool. Like you just talk about weightlifting and then I don't even know how it came up, but like he just said, because he was like, oh, you got to wear headphones because your your um the microphone is projecting your voice and my voice at the same time. So like just picking up on little stuff like that is cool. And I mean, the EQ stuff, I got to learn about that because I know nothing. Yeah, I mean, we, if you want, we could talk a little bit after this. But yeah, like bringing these things on the road comes in like this little pack that can go in my backpack was like super convenient it was really clutch and i was really worried about the sound and it honestly it sounded great i was like oh okay like it sounds like if we're just talking on a mic here 
Yeah, it was super easy. So if you want to like bring it on the road with you, like just, you know, say if you do like a national meet or whatever, it'd be cool to like talk to people and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe like finals. I don't, I don't know how it's tough because like you want to go and lift and do well, like the people who are doing 10 different things, like doing all these podcasts at finals. Like, I feel like that'd be hard to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for an example, I only had time to do one and it was like maybe a little over 30 minutes with a friend that I stayed in the Airbnb together. <laughs> and it took like the setup was like two seconds. We sat down on a couch. I sat down in a chair. I set the computer in the middle, plugged in the mics. They were on garage band hit record. And I didn't edit anything. The only thing I edited was like maybe like towards the end of the um, the weekend. You know, I was late at night, couldn't go to sleep. I was like putting the music in, like the fade in and fade out. And I and that was pretty much it. I mean, you notice the people who like capitalize on that stuff, who put out a ton of content, like especially around the, the CrossFit games, like you see a bunch of CrossFit content be pumped out to YouTube. Like it's super impressive, the people who do that. But I just haven't found that balance to where I can do it like super consistently. So try to get that, try to do the podcast and then, you know, see what comes of it. But who knows? Like, I don't know where I'm going to be in a year from now. Like I might be doing something completely different. So that's cool, man. I mean, just got the options and I know like I keep asking the, Hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like this freedom of just kind of going with the flow and, and having that remote job and, and stuff like that. And how's that going for you, by the way? Oh, the job sucks. <laughs> the job so i won't say where it is but it's all yeah, yeah yeah yeah, okay yeah but, remote uh, job suck yeah i mean the, the like the freedom part you said it like that's the best part like i can I, I mean they don't even like my address is still pennsylvania nobody even knows that i'm that i'm gone so they don't know me son <laughs> <laughs> so that part's cool that part's really yeah. cool where yeah. you can just you know be wherever but who knows who knows like I mean, the, the more skills you acquire, like the, the, the next thing is probably going to be the thing where it's like good, you know, like I've done all these things, done YouTube, failed at that or not failed, but like learned that I didn't want to do that. Moved on to, I tried blogging. I tried. So like, you kind of just, you keep doing these things, see what you like, see what you can be consistent with and just figure it out that way. Yeah. And then for anyone like, you know, was thinking about, hey, should I do this and that? Like, we're not discouraging anything. Try it. See if it works. I think that this most discouraging thing is not trying it because you think you're not going to be good at it. Like everyone knows we're going to suck. Like, wait, you on know, my first podcast, my first YouTube, my first weightlifting lifts ass. You know what I mean? They sucked. But just make the best of it. And like, no. And the only people is really hating. Just there's going to be haters just be haters. You know what I mean? And you'll find out the real ones who will support you, even if your shit sucks. But oh, yeah, that was a great podcast. But like, man, that shit sucked. Dude. <laughs> you know, if it sucked. So, yeah, you, you, you know, know, if people are lying you know. to you. But yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. But yeah, man, like uh, I, I look forward to all the stuff that you do and um, still keep at it with the 67 like weight class because. Man, that's like, is this a, I think that's a fun weight class. There's a lot of good people. It's pretty competitive, ain't it? Yeah. I mean, I talked to Brittany uh, yesterday about like seeing where I'm going to end up. Cause I, I like, I fluctuate between, I was weighing like 65 for a while when I was doing a lot of jujitsu, but I'm going to be a weightlifter leading into finals. So I tend to be a little bit heavier when I'm doing less cardio. So 
I don't know. You might have some competition in the 73s at a final. Oh, shit. I, I t- mean, dude, like, you're pretty, dude, if you're, if you're hitting opening 136 as a 67, I mean, that's pretty damn impressive, in my opinion. Cause like I think I opened at one thirty seven and I fucked it up. So <laughs> I to- I told Brittany yesterday because we were talking about weight classes and I was like I should just try to one kilo Corey at finals. Oh man, that did okay. You can get me fired up. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's get it then. I'm I'm trying to get one forty five, close to one forty five. That'd be nice for clean jerks at least. Yeah, I'd love to and- do one forty six. Oh man, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be good for me. I need a. Uh, you know, more the merrier, cause I got Jacob on my back always, and uh, yeah, he's always trying to outdo me. Which honestly, if I could talk to him, which I am, I'm saving it for my podcast later. So anyone who's listening, and you too, um, I'm actually recording on Sunday. We're doing a recap of AO2. So me, Daniel West, Jacob Flores, this guy named Josh Johnson, maybe he's like a newer guy on the team. Justin Rosas, and then um, Tony. So it's all the dudes. We were like all hung out together or on this group chat, uh, all in the same team. We're just kind of like recapping AO2 and, and how they felt about it. You know, okay. what I mean? sweet. Yeah, I didn't know if I was going to be interviewing you about AO2 because you know I watched and, and wanted to hear your opinion on things. So, yeah, so that'll be I don't cool. Know. I figured, I figured, you know, we would chat, you know, like having you on here and we can just chat like a little bit about it, but obviously, kind of wanted to keep up and see how you're doing too. Like, um, like I'm sure like watching Worlds and AO2 kind of got you hyped up for training and stuff like that. Is there anything that's like new that's coming for training that's been going well? I've seen you doing that complex, that clean dirt complex at 126, was it? Yeah, 26. And then yesterday was that tough one, the pull plus two cleans. I think, did yeah. you do 120? I just did 120. What'd you do? I did 120. Oh, yeah, I did 120 as well. It felt slow as hell, too. <laughs> yeah, that was hard. But no, I think right now, like I'm at the point I s- took six months off of weightlifting and then I like came back and I had this I had this misconception about weightlifting. Like it's easy and you should like you should never fail reps and nothing should ever feel hard. Like when I was getting back into it and then like now I'm at the point where I'm going for weights that I'm a little bit scared of. Uh, I'm thinking not sure if I'm going to make this and I think that's exciting because I do weightlifting because it's hard. I don't do it because I need something else to have like where I'm just good at and I never fail and it never gets uncomfortable. I think anybody will tell you if, if you're going to do weightlifting at a high level, you you're not doing it because you want to get a 30, 45 minute workout in. You want everything to be easy. Like weightlifting is a grindy sport. It's hard. I, I don't think it's like, you know, it's, it's hard, but it's not like being in the military or you're not going to war or anything, but like you have those mental battles with yourself and like you have to get over those. And I think like that makes you a better person, like being able to do a weight that, Oh, maybe I'm not going to be able to do this. And then you, you do it. And then you walk out of the gym and like everything else feels a little bit easier. And like, that's where I'm at with weightlifting now. So like really pushing, pushing the weights and like, you know, trying to beat you, trying to beat other people on the team. Selfishly, that's always how I'm going to be. But like, I'm going to be happy when people, I'm going to be happy when people do well at the same time. Like, I, it was awesome to see you PR and, and like, I know you deserve that. So being able to see that from other people and like, I think weightlifting as a whole should like do a better job of encouraging people and like when people do well, letting people know. I think everybody's so quick to 
say, oh, somebody bombed out or somebody had a bad performance. Why was that? But like, no, we should be, we should be clapping for people and we should be pushing like everybody hitting PRs is good for everybody. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Hell yeah, man. Well, that's cool to hear brother. And I guess we'll, I will guess we'll kind of cap it out here. Um, I always do those questions at the end. I'm hoping that you're prepared for it. Cause I'll just throw, I'm literally all the stuff I've been doing is just freestyle right now. I didn't write anything down because I know you. I think yeah. it's like our third podcast we had on together. <laughs> um, I know you at this point. So um, basically with our the Power Not podcast, I always ask, what is a power? What do you think is a power in your opinion? So I used to have a coach who, who was like anything above full depth. I didn't necessarily agree with that, but I think close to that. Like that's what I would say. Like if you're not catching in your in your bottom – I think that's a power. Yeah. So like, I, yeah, like I guess it's wiggle room. There's wiggle room. Yeah. You, you might technically be, be below the knee joint, but like if you're not catching up full depth, I still haven't hit a snatch where I'm like in full depth. So basically all my snatches are power snatches. I'm trying to get better <laughs> mobility, but uh, cleans like, you know, you know when it's power, you know when it's not. That's true. Yeah. I feel like you should know as a person uh, individually, because sometimes people's bottom, like their mechanics are different. Some people are like squat, you know, Eli's like ass the grass and shit. Like I can never get that low. But like, you know, you could tell if it is or not. It's pretty. It's on you, really. You know, I feel like is if the intent is there, in my opinion, then it counts. But not if you're just like bottoming out or it the weight just literally throws you under, then you know that it's a full yeah. So next question. Yes, yeah, so the next okay. question I got is um, just favorite food. What can you eat every day? Ooh, <clears throat> I do eat like ta- like taco meat with rice and cheese pretty much every day. Like veggies, taco meat, mm. rice, cheese. Call it a okay. day. Yeah, so you like uh like taco rice, right? In a sense. So, well, you it's eat like, it with rice or yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's not super fancy or anything it's just like ground turkey ground beef seasoned with taco okay so it's, it's like funny because chipotle but cheap yeah yeah i get what you're saying <laughs> yeah there's a uh, japanese like thing they make uh they call it like taco rice and it's pretty much the same thing that you described okay and people eat it all the time so i was like oh yeah that's like this all right so favorite food we got that and then um horror or comedy for movies Comedy. Same. I like that shit. <laughs> and then do you like um, sweet or spicy? We're talking about food again. Sweet. Sweet. Okay. And then snatch or clean and jerk? Depends on the day. I would say <laughs> I'm better at clean and jerk, but snatches feel better. Like doing a heavy snatch doesn't feel like the grind of doing a heavy clean and jerk. Mm-hmm. I think snatch is more rewarding. Clean and jerk is what we're better at, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. I snatch, I clean and jerk 40 kilos more than my snatch. So <laughs> got, some, got some, some wiggle room there. It's all good, dude. You're strong enough. You just got to, you, know, you know, both of us got to work on our snatch. And then um, marry, fuck, kill. Cause I guess I'll do that too with snatch, clean, and then jerk. So I'll marry the clean. Um, I guess kill the jerk just because every time I miss in competition, it's been a jerk. 
uh, <laughs> and then fuck the snatch and hopefully try to figure that out. Fuck the snatch. And then why marry the clean? Is it something that's like always there for you? Yeah, because I like I would do <laughs> I would do so much more if it was just clean in competition. Yeah. Like snatch, clean, and back squat. I'd be so much better if that was what a weightlifting competition was. <laughs> just make up your own rules, dude. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, if you had a chance to lift with one lifter, it doesn't have to be weightlifting, dead or alive, who would it be? I'll say you. We haven't got yeah. the lift yet. I mean, we, yeah, did, we, really- we, we did at the one the one meet, but we didn't really know each other at that. We didn't talk until after. So, yeah, let's train. Yeah. All right. Hopefully um, we can set something up where I can come to the winter camp. If you know, I can't say any promises because work is kind of uh, a bitch sometimes, but maybe... Maybe in two months. Or three, because we'll train at finals together. Oh, yeah, we'll be at finals. Yeah, uh, for sure finals. That'd be cool. Let's go. And then uh, I'm trying to think of um, one of the other questions. I think I ran out of them, to be honest, because I usually like blah, 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 and then I have them all. But I think that's it. You know, since you said that, you know, you want to lift with me, you know, that makes my day. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, we'll cap it off here. This is the Power Not Podcast with Angelo Kelly. It was a pleasure having you on. You're a great podcaster, great lifter, and just an overall great dude. And thanks for being on my show finally after all this time. Yeah, thanks, man, for having me. I'm excited to hear what you do in the future because I think you got a good thing going. Thanks, brother. And you keep it up too. I'll see you at finals. <laughs>